Mike, turn your games down. Hi, right, another spooky movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's can't sleep tonight with me? I am Tiffany Elberton, and that's that's all I got. Everybody, it's so young you can't possibly recognize me when you see me here, Kenneth Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks of 40, and I too woke up with a heart on this morning. <laughs> So we are here to talk about a movie that I almost put on the show, I think, last year. I think it was on a poll and didn't win. My wife was upset about if I remember correctly. But we are here to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. But the first one, which came out in, if I had opened my tab and not clicked other buttons, 1984. 1984. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to see how old I was. I was going to be like, that's how old I was. I'm not seeing how old I was. You were two. Shut, what is wrong with you? That's You're welcome. it. No, I was four. Like the fun time for you. I was not alive yet. I Shut was up. also four. Hey, all right. Hey, hey, high five to the elderly in the room. Hello, all right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm not the oldest person in the room. No. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, so I obviously did not see this movie when it came out because, you know, I wasn't alive. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before I go into that, I should say that we're um, this movie directed by Wes Craven. I think what written by Wes Craven and then published by New Line or yeah, published by New Line Cinema or whatever word I'm supposed to use there. Published the right word? No. Distributed. Distributed. Yeah, there you go. Distributed. Yeah. Released. Yeah. Released. Released is yeah. the word I think we want. Good yeah. job, Bill. Uh, you know, listen, <laughs> I, I'm here to help. Whatever you all need, I got you back. So don't don't worry about it. Oh, so I actually, so I mean, as I've said on the show many times, I don't like spooky movies. I actually like this movie. I watched it probably when I was in yes. high school for the first time. Yeah. I was trying to man up and watch horror movies. And this was one of the ones that I, people had talked about. So Start I, with I watched. Park first. I did watch that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a horror movie. No, it still scared you. It did. <laughs> but this was like, this was 14, 15 year old Mike. He was a little braver. A little bit? <laughs> Just a little bit. So I, and I remember watching it and I watched one through four. I think I might have watched five. I don't, and then I just I was done, and I've never gone back. You could skip number two. That was fine. Number two is bad, yes, but <laughs> I did watch two. No, number two is not bad. <laughs> I haven't seen it since Blockbuster was a thing and thriving, and VHS was real. I have. So VHS in a while. Are real? Are you sure? Not anymore. No. Yeah, they are. <laughs> can you go buy it? Well, yeah, you were telling me you can buy new ones. You can buy new, freshly made VHSs now. Why? Where? Online. There are companies out there that are making them. Slasher Movie Terrifier 2 just got a VHS release when it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. But why? But why not? Because VHS sucks. Yeah, but, you know, film fans are notoriously... What's the word I want here? Dorky? Yeah. (laughs) Well, how about particular? I'll put it that way. Well, it's the, it's the same way of like retro gamers who want to play everything on a CRT, right? It's yeah. it's got a certain look to it. It's got a feel. There's a there's a fuzziness and a haze, really kind of an abstraction on VHS. Yeah, it's like something on vinyl. Contrarian is a good word. That's the, that's the best word. <laughs> contrarian, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Boy, do I like being contrarian sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not somebody who would kind of go back to the VHS land, but I understand the retro gaming world with CRTs. I understand yeah. vinyl. It's, it's a different listening experience. It's the medium on which you absorb these things does matter sometimes. I just think VHS for me personally would be a way step back. <laughs> yes, I mean, but, uh, I understand me, CRT. I, I understand video games. I'm with you. Yeah. I get, I get, hey, listen, there's, there's, there's a market, right? So, cool. Glad to hear that I 
segment of the marketplace is uh, being catered to. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, fun story. I actually watched this movie this time on VHS. I'm not kidding. <laughs> for this show? For this recording? Yeah. Wow. We hang on. First off, you have a you have a VCR clearly. Yeah. And you you pulled out the old 1985 version. <laughs> that uh, yeah. now is it was it a purchased from a store version or was it purchased from like a rental store? Meaning oh, no, it have no, like no, no. old rental labels on it. You know? No. 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 Okay. No. It's this a legitimately. A retail version. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My dad was really good at that. I had all the Star Wars movies were rented or purchased from the rental house. So they were all like blank date tapes with some sort of lettering on them from the rental place. So mm-hmm. that was oh, nice. about, yeah, he was really good about that. And fun fact, he he taped Star Wars off the TV because at some point, I think in the 80s, late 80s, they showed Star Wars on CBS with commercials, but he went through and he was a, he was the master of recording things without commercials. So he would stop the recording when commercials came on and restarted it. So he'd always had this weird break all the way through the movie as he was trying to manually cut out commercials oh. in the stealing of this movie off of the CBS broadcast. It's uh, <laughs> it's lovely. That tape still exists. It's somewhere buried in my mom's house. It's somewhere there. So <laughs> resurrect that thing. And for a lot of people, that's the best version of those movies that we'll never see again. Yes, exactly. You know what? You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right. Not till Lucas dies. I'm pretty nah, sure I think there's something in the contract that they can't release it till he's dead. Dear. I don't think I'm actually joking either. I think that's it's actually very morbid. Well, he hates those things for some <laughs> reason. But uh, Ken, what is your history with this movie? Believe it or not, I actually did not see this one. Um, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street two before I saw this one. So I was a little confused, but I think I probably saw this like when I was 10, 11, somewhere in there after I had saw Nightmare on Elm Street 2. (laughs) (laughs) So you started out with two and then went to one? My cousin had it on VHS and threw it in one day while he was supposed to be watching me. Oh, that happens a lot, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're a 10-year-old kid. Watch this. (laughs) By the time I was 10, I had seen worse. I was like, 10's a pretty decent age to start out at Freddy. I think pretty sure I was younger. I was, nope. And your old Michael been like, nope, get that away from me. <laughs> and Bill, what is your history with this movie? So I remember seeing this at my friend Joey's house at a, some sleepover, probably, I want to say 11 or 12, that sounds about right, because he was really into all this stuff, and I was not, and... So I remember distinctly seeing when I was 12, maybe seeing it a couple of times since. Uh, so this may be like maybe my third or fourth viewing. I haven't seen it a ton. And this is the only Nightmare on Elm Street movie I've seen. I've never seen any of the other ones. Two through oh. God knows how many there are. I've never seen any of them. I just, for some reason, it's not a franchise I've always kind of been, uh, I don't know, latched onto. Just, I've never seen any of the other ones. But I have seen, obviously, this one. And uh, that was the first time I remember it distinctly as I was watching it. Like, oh, I remember this the basement of Joey's house, you know, again, playing with the sound kind of low because you want your parents to hear it, you know, just <laughs> sneaking it in all the violence. And uh, boy, oh, boy, is this good. I just want to say it right out right out the gate. This is very good. So uh, we'll talk about it. But yeah, that was my first uh, my first impression. Okay. Of it. And Tiffany, I don't remember how old I was because... younger than you should have been. Yeah. <laughs> younger than I should have been. Yes. And I started my love for Freddy with this very movie. And I don't enjoy all the series, but I do enjoy the series as a whole. And I I like this one the most, I think. That's fair. I mean, I completely can get that. You know, Johnny Depp, too. He's, he, for some reason, I thought he died a lot sooner than 
he really does. Like, my memory was altered a little from something. Not sure what. You confused who was dying when? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I remember. I thought he died early, too. I haven't seen this movie I in 10 years. I confused him with Kevin Bacon. Doesn't Kevin Bacon die super early? In Friday the 13th, yeah. Yeah, maybe I confused him with Kevin Bacon. This movie's way better than that movie, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, hard to disagree. That's a that's a salty one. I haven't wow. we haven't covered it yet, but we did. I watched, watched it, it once. Was when Bill first came on the show a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. I think it's been like long three years. Though. Down the show. <laughs> we did. Oh, that. yeah, right. We did Friday the Thirteenth game. Oh, that's right. And I watched the movie and just so because. Just like randomly, like let's watch this. I was like, who is this person? Where's my husband? Yeah, we, <laughs> we have the full set actually. <laughs> It, so, Wait, where'd that come from? It, it, when I bought the first one, it was like twenty bucks for the entire set of all the movies. Oh, so we yeah, own them all. Well. Yeah, you might as well get them all at that point. Never seen anything past one, and I'm gonna keep it that way until no, no, we're not. until we're, I record. We're about gonna it. get our horror yeah. poster soon, and yeah, buddy, here we go. Everybody, stand <laughs> by for uh, next Spooktober when we do an entire series retrospective on all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah. I would be for watching them just because I'm, I'm I should. For that. In I'm my opinion, for anything. I'm trying to watch movies that are outside my comfort zone and just watch movies that are like culturally re- relevant and in, in the zeitgeist somehow, like that. You think Friday the 13th is? It is. People talk about it. I wore a shirt of it and someone, oh, look, and show me their tattoo today. I'm like, I'm just wearing the shirt and my wife bought it. I'm not going to tell you that person, but that's why I'm wearing the shirt. I could give a shit about Jason. He he felt relevant in that moment. I did. She was like, oh, look at my tattoo. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about this character on my shirt. I'm just wearing it. I remember that. This is going to sound a little elitist, but I'm going to go there. I would like to actually see you watch this again now that you've experienced a lot of different types of movies. Because back in the old those days, it was, you know, you weren't as open-minded to movies. I'm really into, I think you should see it again. Because I agree with Ken. Oh, I will. Friday the 13th is wonderful. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I could see you, I could see you three years ago, Mike, not being into it. I'm curious what now Mike thinks about it. I we really find think. find out next year. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious because I think you've kind of expanded your horizons. I think you might be able to appreciate it maybe a bit more what that movie's trying to do because it's it's not. Yeah, I love Friday. It's so good. <laughs> no, I definitely have like even like watching this movie. I I could I I wish I've always liked it, but I had a way more appreciation for this film than I would have ten years ago when I saw it easily. And hmm. I mean, also one thing that I I, I realized too that Helena had brought up when we recorded Blair Witch. Uh, I do like final. She said, "I like final girls." She is right. I like it when the woman survives and kills. <laughs> I can't say that. I think that's the reason I like this movie. Fair, because not everybody gets killed. <laughs> so, oh, and Ken, do you want to say the plot for this film? Yeah. So, real quick plot rundown. Oh, Jesus! I just forgot what I was going to say. A murder Crazy janitor, sl- <laughs> murder janitor slash child murderer Fred Krueger comes back from the dead to kill the very children of the adults who killed him in the first place in the one place they thought they were safe their dreams <laughs> very nice that was good that was perfect. <laughs> i mean and i like when me and tiff were watching this movie we were talking about like we couldn't remember if they said the plot in this movie or was in the later or, or, i mean said that they had killed freddie or not but again it's right in this film which is <laughs> it puts a nice bow on everything to give you a motive and give you what you, you know what you need to make it interesting I also got to say, after t- after yesterday, I really, really hate those fucking knives, by the way. <laughs> oh, poor me. <laughs> so, 
So we went to a convention to go meet Robert England, and I'm, and I'm waiting in line for two and a half hours. And all of a sudden, when people started coming in line after I've been standing there for two hours, they ended up skipping me, and they were having to get all these people who had knives and get the knife signed right away to get them out of there. And I was just like, you fuckers. So next, no. I get a pair, uh, I get a glove signed, right? Is that what you're saying? Mm, you'd get first, because they would, they would skip them right in the front of the line, just sign their glove and get them out of there. Because they have knives in their hands. Yeah. They're walking yeah. around with a and, knife, knife gloves. And the best part was w- one of the guys that came through had a real one that wasn't checked by props. Yeah, they and they were, security was ready to freaking take this guy and just throw him outside, it seemed like. It was pretty good. Yeah. He bought it there. Right? Yeah, he bought it there. Yeah, he, they were like, where did you get it? Well, I bought it here. Sir, where did you buy this from? <laughs> I was like, woo, got serious. Yeah, they were yelling at him and yeah. And then yeah, like, but you can't just walk around with Freddy Krueger fingers like that's yeah. I don't I don't blame them. Like sure, <laughs> not like, this, yeah. literally. That's the whole point of this movie. You can't walk around like that. You'll get murdered. <laughs> you really can't. As as fun as it would be to like scrape your na- fingernails against a, a thing having spark. You can't do that in the real world. This is a post 9-11 world we live in. This ain't no. the 80s, my friend. I mean, I you can just bring your knife hands wherever you damn well please. This is this is modern day. Can't do that post COVID. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Swing him willy nilly. Oh yeah, I would just walk. Yes, yeah, walking. just swing. <laughs> yeah, it was like I was like, this is just. This, yeah, I was so mad. So yeah, and when I saw this first scene in the movie where he's making his claws, that's all went through my head. It's like those fucking claws. Because you so have no nice. idea how so pissed off were, Mike was standing there for two and a half hours. So you were there two claws. and a half hours, and you were were you close to to, to your inner to your I was assignment? second in line. You gotta be kidding me! This is insanity. And then they just brought up all these jokers who had murder weapons in their hands to get them signed. Mm-hmm. That poor man. Must just be so tired. Poor Robert England. He has to be. And I gotta say, congrats to you for standing in line for two and a half hours for literally anything. I think if there was like a life-giving serum that I could take that would extend my life by two by 50 years, I don't think I'd wait two and a half hours for it. I don't think I could. Two and a half hours standing on cement in one spot. No chance. No way. Is my wife's least favorite thing is standing in lines. She hates lines. She can't handle lines. We do everything we can to avoid lines at, at all times. The line was moving, but it wasn't. You were just standing there. Uh-huh. There's no way. There's no way. I, there I, people in no front way. of me moving that weren't in line. That was happening. Yeah, they just pop up on the side of us and he'd be like, oh, you're next. I'm like, excuse you, Mr. <laughs> Giant, scary-looking security guard. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it was an experience. Yeah, very quick aside about, about standing in lines. I just now realized that I will be going to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in October. And my first time there, it's fun. I go to video game conventions sometimes here in town. There's a big one here in Austin, Classic Game Fest. And I was thinking about what I'm going to do there. And I realized I don't collect stuff. I don't collect video games. I don't collect Funko Pops or things. And I don't like standing in lines for autographs. So what in God's name am I going to do in Oregon for three days? <laughs> <laughs> retro gaming expo why do i attend these things start googling <laughs> I, I don't yeah i'm gonna go like just tour around portland for a bit i don't know be touristy stuff i, I just the idea of standing in a line for two yeah, hours can for, i get autographs or anything no i don't want anybody's autographs i just i have no interest i don't <laughs> no. unless billy corgan is there then maybe i would stand in line for a couple hours but other than that i don't i don't know <laughs> and again I, I might get some tchotchke things for my kids like a Pokemon something. Maybe if they have a card dealer, I'll get my son some cool Pokemon cards, but I don't know. Ew. What am I doing? What am I going there for? Yeah, why it's are just, you going there? It's fun. It's fun to be around people who are into that stuff sort of thing. The community is fun. I don't know. Okay. Some panels of podcasts yeah, I like. I don't, her, I don't know. There'll be a, be a hell of an experience. It'll be fun. Uh, classic, be- ch- 
Classic Tetris, I'm sure, will be. Tetris World Championships will be there. I'll definitely watch that. That'll be fun. I don't know. Anyway, just, yeah, just the thought of standing in lines just, just, just now reminded me, hey, you're flying all the way to Portland in a few weeks, and you're not quite sure what you're going to do there because you don't engage in any of the stuff that these things are supposed to be for. <laughs> so, uh, are you playing in like, any of the tournaments they have there or anything? I'm not going to pardon play. No, no, no. <laughs> you see, I'm a type of person. I don't do something unless I'm pretty sure I'm going to be good at it. <laughs> That's it. I don't have hobbies. I just I do things I think I'm going to be good at. If there's any chance I'm not, I don't. I will not be competing in anything. <laughs> I'll watch people. They have the Blockbuster World Championships. I'll watch some of that. That'll be fun. I'll, I'm going to get some business cards for this podcast and hand That's them out. Hopefully, Find people and talk to them. And I'm really just going to work and gather like really content for the show. Smart. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to gather content for the show. That's all I'll pretty much do there. I don't know how to do these things unless I'm working. I can only attend these things if I'm actually <laughs> doing some sort of work. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting off topic. Okay. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes. No, no, it's fine. I just, uh, <laughs> this movie's great. I had a, I had so much fun. I wasn't scared. I just had a really good time. It, it does have a kind of terrifying opening where you have just, just you're introduced to the hero, you think, of the, of the movie or the star with Tina, who's just caught in a boiler room being attacked by Freddy and just the way they first show him tapping the claws on on pipes and things. It does a really good job of conveying tension and fear, I felt. I really like it. I mean, I'll agree with that. It's This whole movie is very much like the alien thing. I think we've talked oh. about on past podcasts where you don't show as much. Like, you, you see Freddy, but you never really see him full on. Yes. Like, you get glimpses of his face, you get glimpses of the knife, and that really does work to help elevate the tension in the movie. And, oh, this movie's so dark. Like, <laughs> I mean, just visually dark, right? Yeah, like visually dark. Almost like 50% of the frame is, like, constantly in shadow. <laughs> yeah. Except for my favorite sequence, which will come up against, which is very, very bright, and I think that's why I like it. <laughs> It's my favorite sequence in the movie. Yeah, and I love the creepy suit up. I really find that I think that's just very a very smart choice. With all you get that, you kind of have that. Uh, there's like I feel like there's like heavy breathing in the background, and yeah, there he's is. suiting up his glove and he's fashioning his blades. Very very ominous and scary, and you just know something's wrong. It's a very good setup, and and this movie's excellent at tension. It just understands the pacing of tension, what's required to make that work. And yeah, it's just a really, uh, well, I'm going to talk about some things I love about this as we go forward, but yeah, it, it's a very effective opening and it just drops you in. Boom. Here you go. No setup, just a dreamlike scenario with you know, somebody walking through a, uh, these dripping corridors of, you know, bleeding boiler rooms, wherever it is. And of an old jail with a, with a, with a Festus, apparently. Yep. So. That's what it really was. We, but. we just watched movie tomatoes. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. It, and, and again, you don't even realize it's a dream until all of a sudden she she gets slashed and then she wakes up and then she has cuts on her gown. And I like how the mother is like, oh, you got to cut your nails. Or, yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm, yeah. Cut your yeah. But it, it, it works so good. Like, it's just because you don't really know. Like, you're pretty sure that's what happened, that the dream attacked her. But you don't know for sure. Maybe she does have to cut her nails. Like, it's, you know, or it's just something else. Like, it's I thought it was just really good the way it does it. Yeah, everything in this feels like a real nightmare. This It feels nightmarish. It feels like something you would dream. And 
And I think that's the success of this whole movie is that all these sequences where someone's getting murdered or the, the dream sequences definitely have that feeling of, of a dream. I keep repeating it, but yeah, it feels it feels authentic to what that would a nightmare. It's yeah. it's very effective. Everything plays out with a certain dream logic mm-hmm. yes. where you go from place to place instantly without having any memory of how you get there. There are unrelated things like, I don't know, fucking sheep wandering the halls. You know, things that don't make sense in real life. But yeah, it's a dream. Why not? We'll buy it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very surreal. And the way things flow in this movie where everything feels, everything just flows beautifully. I know that was intentional to have these dream sequences blend seamlessly in with the real world. So you're never quite sure where you're at. So you're always kind of walking on eggshells, not sure where you are. Am I in a dream? Am I not in a dream? And that puts the audience in a really cool place of constant sitting on your edge of your seat. You're never quite sure where you are. And I can't imagine seeing this in a big theater <laughs> in 1984 or whatever it was. Yeah, I can't that's... imagine. It must have been in so fun and so good. I can definitely see that because it, it's weird. Like as a guy who doesn't like horror movies, I just really love this film and I always have since I first saw it, which Why? I don't know. Why this one and not a billion other ones? I got nothing really. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it could be because Nancy... Her character and where things go could be part of it, that it's more positive. Than, but I don't know, there was something that just struck me out with this movie as a, when I was a teenager and it stuck with me all this time. I, I think I have an idea. Movie. I think I have an idea why you might like this one more than other ones. It's cartoonish. Okay. Like the, the action, the horror elements are all, you know, because they're dreamlight, they do come off as very cartoonish. And I don't say that as a bad thing. Like, it's just, it's very over the top. It's not realistic at all. You know, somebody doesn't have enough blood in them to become a fountain after they're sucked into a mattress. <laughs> right, right. But like, so, it's so over like... the top. It can't possibly be real. So your brain just says, you know what? This is fine. This is like Looney Tunes, but with knives and humans. <laughs> it's and fine. It's fine. And what I think too, and again, I haven't seen the other ones, but what I understand is they get silly. Oh, a, they, they it, get, it get stupid. Right. And that's the fine line because this movie, this movie presents everything, all this kind of, as you said, Ken, very well, this kind of cartoonish Looney Tunes style of horror and violence with on in the trappings of real tension. There is this is a well-crafted movie and it's very tense. And again, you're walking on those eggshells. And from what I understand, as as the franchise goes on, it just turns into silly comedy nonsense. And again, if you're here for that, because I think some people are here for that. That's fine, but this one strikes that balance. You're right, Ken. It's like a dream. It's weird and and off-putting, but it is when you look at it on its face, very entertaining to watch a geyser of blood. That no one should be scared by that. No one should go at the geyser of Johnny Death Blood in the bed. That should be fun and cool. Like, oh, that's really cool. How do they do that? Yeah, which we if you watch that movies that made us, you learn all about how they do that, which is fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, and no, it's not it's not scary at all. I think that also probably you're probably right. That did probably help me because it is so comical. I mean, it, it's it's meant to be kind of freaky, but it's still comical. So it was less off putting for me. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think freaky, creepy like that's that's where this movie makes its, you know, its payday. I don't think it's terrifying. I don't think it would get terrifying until like late, much later entries like uh, New Nightmare or the reboot where it tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> did it? I, I, yeah. I take it it didn't do well because there weren't any more. 
Uh, I, liked it. I swear I saw it, but I don't recall. But like, it's it's weird. I th- I think the reboot did all right, but it, not it well enough. Wasn't it wasn't Robert England? No, no, it was Rorschach. Oh, I should really yeah. watch Watchmen one day. <laughs> yep, it was Jackie Earl Haley that played him. And no, it wasn't Robert England. But I don't know. As and obviously as, he's not going to be around forever, but he'll always be pretty. Yeah, he'll be just one of those actors that he's the character. So, since you met him, did you get a <laughs> feeling that he was just like, I hate all these fucking people with their Nightmare on Elm Street bullshit? <laughs> he seemed... Re- I went to the panel. like So, when he was signing the autographs, he kind of gave me a, I am so over this. Yeah, but that also had been like six hours worth of... But that was also... He... He's, did signatures, went to do the old photo ops, and then went back to do signatures all without, like, any break at all. And then he went to do the panel with maybe a half-hour break in between all of that. And he was amazing in the panel. He said, he literally said, I'm one lucky son of a bitch for for being Freddy Krueger. Like, he said, I was... Talking myself into it because I was a stage actor. I was a lesbian, he said, and I was too good for this role. But then I I tried out, and here we are today. And it opened the door for him for such things like Phantom of the Opera and <laughs> The Mangler. <laughs> but yeah, he seemed really yeah. nice. That, he was super cool. He was, he, he, you could just tell he seemed like a really nice guy. Other than, I mean, Tiff is 100% right. He did seem kind of over it when we... But, like, he just, in general, he does seem really nice. But he didn't push that off onto his fans. No. He just seems so tired. I'd be tired. so bad. Yeah, I mean, that's good of him to, to, that's good. You know, I'm sure, was it, now, do do people pay money for these things? I think you do, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. 120 for the signature. Are you out of your mind? Wait, hold the phone. Hold the phone. Wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. Okay, okay, back up. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, listen, I'm not casting dispersions. Clearly, lots of people like this stuff because there's two and a half hour line. You waited two and a half hours and spent $125 so an elderly man can sign his name on a piece of paper. That's what happened? Yes, yes I did. Okay. But I did I it listen. for a woman, so. Well, that's all that matters. I got my picture taken with him. He practically hugged me. Aw, that's that's worth, you did it for your bride. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's worth it. This but, one was completely for her. I have done stuff for myself where I've spent, I spent. I, I so. will I will never understand it. Again, I don't want to squash people's fun. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Have I love fandoms. People are weird, but fandoms are fine. But boy oh boy, that is I would never oh, no. wow, It's the okay. most I've ever spent on a signature. I've never I never been this is double what we normally would spend. I've For $125 a pop, I would stand on my head and write signatures with my toes for six hours. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, put, and I'm, but I'm he glad made, he gave, yeah. I'm glad he gave everybody his time though. Everybody got time, which he, sounds he like really that's, did, though. He that's like good. acknowledged good. them and said something about what he was signing and as fast as he could, but he still acknowledged who he was signing. Something. And he came out for somebody on a wheelchair and took yeah. a picture with her cool. and, like he, I mean, we, all these who were standing in line, they brought her up and he just came out and talked to her for a couple seconds, signed, yeah. did whatever, like signed something, talked, you know, like you could, t- and you could tell it was genuine. Yeah. yeah That's cool. Tell. I just felt bad because he just looked exact. Yeah. It's a long day. Yeah. Well, but for $125, day. no, no offense. You should get a signature, a handshake, a, a big high five <laughs> and a back rub. 
That's what she hey, some people did get a handshake, by the way. I did not get a handshake, but some people did get a handshake. He got a picture with, what's his name? D- Kate and Jason. Oh, Ken will know. The guy that played oh, Jason Derek in Mears? the reboot. Yeah. yeah. I like Derek Mears. He's a real yeah, nice guy. He sent my poster. We did a picture and he went to Mike. He's like, would you like a picture too? <laughs> like it was a little funny. And his voice oh. got high too. And he even commented about it. He's like, I don't know why my voice got high. I'm like, I, hey, it's cool, man. like, I don't know why he just talked like I, I, I got to learn more about this sort of thing. We're so off topic. I apologize. But I guess oh, I have to ask fine. one more question. When you're in these situations, again, I should know these things, but I don't. I would never go to this. This sounds like a you're zoo. You're going to be the person signing autographs one day, though. No. no. Well, for $125. <laughs> for, I would, Not for $125. I, that no, I don't see. But. I, don't, I don't see myself uh, signing anything <laughs> for anybody at any point. But I do. are there like actors and celebrities there who just have nobody there? Yes, the guy from Jurassic Park, one of the kids, not the kids that are acting or that are like main kids, the kid who gets threatened to be a, gutted a with a raptor claw. No, oh, that he's little not there. Fuck. The little dickhead? That little yeah, he was there. We rode an elevator with him. Nice guy. He seemed fine. He's a nice guy. I almost like yes. to see him. He had people when you laughed. Okay, good. That's Sean bad. Patrick Flannery was dancing in the middle of the room because nobody was coming up to his booth. I so can't. What has he, yeah, he literally was doing like the like put his hand in front, in front of his face, whatever that dance is, just and just like, yeah, just dancing, just dancing. So somebody would talk to him. Wait, <laughs> I felt so on. bad. I was like, "Can I go meet him again, please?" Hold Mike on. was like, "No." One of the fucking Boondock Saints didn't have anybody at his booth <laughs> no. in goddamn no. Boston. I right. <laughs> right. I thought oh. he wouldn't let me pay forty dollars to meet him again. <laughs> Yeah, no, he didn't have it. Everybody uh, was standing in line for Robert you England. That's tell why. Tell my story. Uh, did you tell him you liked powder at least? <laughs> no, I didn't when I saw him the first time. I do like powder. That's story. a good story. We're All off right, topic so anyway. Movie. Feel free. Oh. I won't watch that movie. That movie's directed by a child molester. What powder? powder? Oh, I did not know that. I also never. I wouldn't watch that movie anyway. I, I've seen it once. I don't ever. So I won't watch the Jeepers Creepers movie. Same director. Do you want to hear my Robert or my Sean Patrick Flannery story? I think we should edit all of this out for a separate convention special. I was just going to yes. say, yeah, I, I was going to say, should. this should all be its own little thing, little mini show. <laughs> go right ahead, please. I was just going to say so, that, Ken. <laughs> I had, I'm obsessed with the Boondock Saints. So I had somebody, a drawing commissioned of the two brothers, you know, in their pose with their guns and then the saying above it. And so I had him sign it. And when I took it back, he had signed. Um, Where Norman Reedus' character was. Yeah, Norman, Norman Reedus' character. And he looked at, we're kind of looking at each other. And he's like, oh, it's a thing we do. We sign each other's characters. And, you know, it's a, a laugh, like a joke. It's an inside joke on us. And I'm like, oh, okay. Dude was high as fuck. I have a picture to prove it. <laughs> So now I, I, one day I have to meet Norman Reedus whenever The Walking Fucking Dead ends. I can shell out $200 to meet him too. Look, and I just I just want to say, I can't I can't let it go. So yeah, you, you actually like that movie? Isn't that Saints? <laughs> she does. I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. And by the way, I'll just say it, this won't be edited out. I drove an hour to go now. see the second one, so. Oh, oh I, I didn't really like the second Second one's heinous. Second one's I didn't awesome. like the second one. I like the no. first one. I don't know why. And there will never be a third one. I, yeah, there will. 
I own it. I had I had a season of my life where I, the Boondock Saints were fun, but that season is gone. I don't. No, I've seen it. I, it's okay. So, I, I am in the minority <laughs> of this. I I think it's actually rather bad. But that's <laughs> maybe because all joy has been sucked from my soul. I don't know. That could be it. Jeez. All right. So everybody should go watch the documentary overnight about how the Boondock Saints was made and how Troy Duffy pissed away a fortune from Miramax because oh he's an asshole. It's a I great movie. What's okay. it called? Yes. Let me write this overnight. Down. Overnight. Overnight. Okay, I'm gonna. We have to watch this. I do want to watch that. That actually yeah. sounds really fun. It, it's literally just they were making a documentary about the Boondock Saints, and then everything fell apart. So it turned into a movie about wow, Troy Duffy's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> okay, you have my attention, sir. In and also sort of on topic, um, Heather Langlier, the the main girl in this movie, is also really nice too. Langenkamp, Langlier yeah. is something that eats time. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm not great with names. That is also a movie. <laughs> but no, she's uh, really nice. She does. If you're, if if you have something like somebody was in front of me in line and had something signed that was to a Nancy, she literally called the had the guy call the person to talk to her. She's like, and then someone else asked her to do it. She's like, I only do that for Nancys. She's like, I don't do that for anyone else. Oh. So that's how I always remember her character's name, Nancy. No. Yeah. She's I also a very that. good effects artist. Oh. Like that's what she does. She does like movie effects and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And <laughs> back on top. <laughs> this is why we make episodes. I don't care. <laughs> hey everybody! Thanks for tuning into the convention mini episode against my mind. <laughs> that's what it feels like. I knew it was gonna end up. I just uh, who cares? But I... <laughs> no, hey, it fits all the all the Robert England and, and stuff. It fits to what we're talking about. It fits in the yeah. Top. No, it's. It's an experience. Patrick Finer, yeah, who knows? He's just there. But somebody out there laughed. <laughs> I would have told him I liked Saw 7. He was so funny, too. I should have paid my $40 for poor Sean Patrick Flannery. He was only $40, guys. I should have paid it. <laughs> I mean, he is in Boston, so hopefully people would wise up and go over to him. Maybe buy some clam chowder. But... <laughs> Uh, so like in the next scene of this movie is them at the school and you get introduced to the four friends that are essentially also they don't kill a lot of people in this movie you only have a group of four people who are really at at peril two women and two guys and one guy was rooting to get murdered so <laughs> well, i did not like the jock guy i don't remember his name i just didn't like him rod yeah um, i was like you need to the, die the greaser rod. the greaser yeah the, I mean, he the, uh, much... the sexually aggressive greaser who walks around with a boner yeah that yeah. guy yeah yeah he had to go but it's I yeah they let's, my either. But. No, I don't think you're supposed to like him too much. I, I think I, I think you're okay with his uh, eventual demise. I, I was, of course. I was. They, I was like, oh, they, you're dead. Okay. They did kind of feel like real jerky teens, like you know, like yeah. like really. None of them are great. Um, except like I think Nancy's good. Nancy's cool, but uh, I don't know. They they felt like they felt real. They felt like you know real teens, kind of just doing teenager things, sleepovers, and you know sneaking drinks behind parents' backs, and you know sneaking <laughs> through the room. Yeah, right. All that fun stuff, right? That all rang very true, and I think that was important to keep things a little grounded in all yeah. the silliness. But yeah, you know, yeah, he's not good. Rod's not great. You know, no, no one likes Rod. No one should. <laughs> No one should aspire to be Rod. No one should be doing Rod cosplays or anything. He's, I don't think. Well, that would just be I don't. Th- I no. don't think. Yeah, how would you no. distinguish him? You wouldn't. No. <laughs> There's nothing, there nothing to distinguish this guy. So here's what you do. You just go up to every asshole at a convention and just be like, oh, I love your Rod cosplay. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but I mean, I just like how it introduces the characters, and then quickly the movie kind of like the part where the movie starts to like add that to make you start questioning what you first saw when they're at the girl's house and the two girls are talking, and, and I think yeah, the girls are talking, they're also talking with Johnny Depp's character Glenn, and this when they start sharing that they all had like the same dream of the man with the claws. I I really like that. I think that adds a, a level of creepiness. But Glenn is kind of trying not to be like, oh yeah. Yeah, but he falls a little bit to it when they all get scared when they hear noise out in the yard and Rod I'm decides to scared. attack him. He's a man. Just got to be a bro, you know, you know, bros don't nightmare, bros don't dream, you know, that kind of thing. It's very of its time, very high school, and we've all been there. Uh, Every time yeah. it's for homosexuals. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Except not that word. It's a different one. Yes, the other one. <laughs> You know, because of you, Ken, every t- when I was watching this movie, all I kept thinking, whenever they were talking about Dream, I'm like, Sandman? Where's Sandman? <laughs> That's what came yeah. to my head. Where's the Where's the white face Morpheus walking around? Where, where's Morpheus? Now, take there's care, a crossover I want. <gasps> that, would that would be lovely. <laughs> I want Morpheus versus Freddy Krueger. I want Corinthian versus Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that'd be a better one. So, you eat his eyes. Okay. <laughs> but that's just what I think of now whenever I watch, like, anything like this. It just, that's what was going through my head this whole time. I mean, just the way that you're introduced to Rod again, where he tackles Johnny Depp, as I kept putting in my notes because I didn't remember his character was named Glenn. It, it, it's a way to really, like, make you not like Rod, which I think it, it's fitting for also what's coming. And the way that he, when he kind of convinces Tina to go have sex. And, I mean, there was a couple parts of me that were like, eh. like, I mean, he, like, puts his hand over his mouth. I mean, I know he's joking, but I'm like, eh, this is, eh. <laughs> No, my whole body was like, yeah, yeah, really. It really was screaming. Yeah. Please, please. No, please. No means no. I mean, this is 84. So this is, you know, yeah, less, this isn't like grief. Did she put up a fight? And I'm like, wait, when I remember as a kid going or oh, when I got older going, wait a second. Hold the fire. Hold the hold up. Especially because she was like, you're not going to leave me here with him, are you? And I'm like, really? <laughs> and then he pulls her away. Yeah, they <sighs> they, they make you. I don't know. I'm not sure it's supposed to be like to have to have you think Rod killed Tina, even though like you, you obviously you I mean, Rod isn't you. You know, the guy's not psychic. Like, I'm going to levitate you to the ceiling. Like, you know, he's not <laughs> Professor X here, but <laughs> maybe he is. Oh, no, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was shut down. I, I don't know what they're going for with that. Like, if, if it's supposed to kind of like make you think Rod is somehow guilty of a crime that you watch happen. <laughs> Well, I th- yeah, I think well, I think it's a it's a natural leap though for the police, right? Because they're not gonna, you know, they see the guy, you know, it, it, the only person there. It's kind of like a closed room mystery, <laughs> and he yeah. runs because you know it's it's not a, a leap of logic for police, obviously. And I gotta say that scene of Tina just getting thrown around the room is so good and over the top, and what a great first kill, right? Like a really smacky in the face type of dispatching of Tina. Very effective. Even 1984 visuals, all practical, all done with sets and camera trickery. Boy, and it still holds up beautifully. It is really it very, very cool and fun and unnerving. She's flopping around that ceiling and yeah, just getting dragged along. It's really effective and, and good. And again, lots of fun. Rod gets kicked in the face. Boosh. Knocks yeah. over a lamp. Great. Everyone feels good. When she like just just smacks him. him. <laughs> because we're already mad at him for almost and you're like, like yes. <laughs> kind of almost forcing her. Like it's just a little much. And but one little thing that I caught right before they have sex when he- when Nancy's sleeping, the cross falls down above her head. Mm-hmm. I like that little touch. 
and you just see the hands coming through the wall for a second before Tina getting murdered. I love that effect. That effect is so good and effective. I really love the way that looks. That again, it's one of those really smart visual decisions to have that the, the ceiling bowing against Freddy's face and the outline. I just it's mm. such a w- wonderfully evocative. Uh, visual and then of course it cuts and you cut back and she's knocking against the ceiling it's it's, you know it's solid very very good and you do think like i was thinking myself when the cops find tina's body and see blood on the on the ceiling and everything like wouldn't it be like how the fuck did this guy do this (laughs) and all they're like well there's a knife somehow like he slashed her it's like and you're not questioning how he threw her against the ceiling and dragged her around apparently like (laughs) (laughs) forensic scientists could do it no, yeah. not back then. They didn't have that stuff back then. They didn't yeah. care. There's they, just they a dead body. Have... That's all we know. Yeah, they didn't. The criminal minds was not on TV yet. There was no forensic <laughs> scientists. There, no one was at the Jeffersonian, you know, identifying the, you know, whatever it was in bones. No, there was none of that. It was in this era. It was just like dead body, blood happened. Oh, someone was killed. <laughs> someone was killed. Let's see. If we oh, can... and the guy jumped out the door, and we don't really like him anyway. Let's get him. That's all it felt. <laughs> You know, he's like, oh, he's been arrested before. Let's get him. He murdered his girlfriend. Uh, I mean, maybe running out the door is not the right thing to do, but I get it. But still, like. I mean, well, to be fair, I probably would, too. You wake up, your girlfriend's dead. You're covered in blood. She's yeah. covered in blood. I'd probably run, too. Don't yeah, and he, has a re- and he has a record. He's 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 got a record. He's been in he's jail got before. A record? Yeah, I would have too. Yeah, he's got some malfeasance. I, he probably put <laughs> one and one together and said, huh, they're going to blame me for this little kerfuffle. I better hit the high road and get out of Dodge. And they're not going to believe me that I just witnessed my girlfriend being thrown across the room. No, no, they're not. <laughs> but still. What's <laughs> no. interesting, too, because people do confront him with like a lot. When Nancy visits him in the jail, she says, you know, he tries to explain himself. And she's like, he's like, did you see the person who did it? Uh, no. Well, the, he, all the logic is usually pretty well presented in this movie, which is pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, he he's very justified in, in, in getting out of Dodge. He. <laughs> He doesn't get very gonna, far. No, he doesn't get very far. He decides to hang out. I guess he, I don't know. Why, why didn't you just leave and keep running? You ran. You just keep running and running yeah, until your legs stop working. Just goes and waits outside Nancy's house on her way to school. Right. Yeah. The next not, morning. Like, <laughs> there's a manhunt for you. Like, you need to go. Yeah, not <laughs> the sharpest hack in the box. Like, how smart is that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also like how, like, because right after this is when Nancy's taken to, to the, the cop the cop office and you get introduced to her father, who's the detective, John, and also played by John Saxon. Yeah, so he's good. so good in movies. Oh, he's great. I love it. <laughs> Square jawed man. He's he's uh, he's very good. I like him a lot. Yeah, he a does a good job act. in this. It's a class act. It's good. Yeah, act. totally. Totally. I do like how the authority. He's yelling at his, like, he's kind of yelling at his wife a little bit. He's like, how did you let her hang out with a freaking murder? <laughs> <laughs> That's too busy looking for the end of this bottle. It yeah, doesn't matter, yeah. sure, if I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, then you have, I guess she doesn't sleep this night, does she? Because I know later on in the movie she mentioned she's been up for like seven days straight. Oof, I can't. I can't, I can't even you, stay you up for function. one day straight. You can't function. I mean, that's. She's remarkably lucid for seven days straight of not sleeping. That's extremely hard to do. Your body is going to shut down. I mean, I'm sure it's doable with her pet pills and her hidden coffee makers, which is so funny. How Looney Tunes (laughs) is that for hitting? We'll talk about, I love her just hidden coffee maker. All right, let's get all the stuff out of here. Whoop. All plugged in too. plugged in coffee. A brewing. No one smell that. Oh, Um, anyway. 
The pills are funny, too. <laughs> Maybe she's not on the stretch yet. Maybe it's after she... No, wait, because, yeah, no, she falls asleep at the school. Yeah, she's already on the stretch of doing it where she's not sleeping because she's starting to realize that he kills you in your dreams. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. But, so, does it reset at the hospital, then? Oh, she does sleep. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this movie takes place not... I mean, it feels like it's a week's time. It doesn't feel like it's a very long time past. It's about a week, yeah. It seems, it's about a week. Yeah, that's kind of so, what the I don't think she counts that. She doesn't count that. Well, I mean, she can sleep long. She's asleep for what, like ten minutes before. I feel like I, it was less than a week, right? Like, like, like a few days. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It does it's, happen fast. Well, they also comment too, like she's had a rough couple of days. She's had a rough few days. You know, people who are examining Nancy. And I, w- yeah. I will say one thing I thought was very entertaining is uh, when I think it's Nancy's mom is watching the news. And evidently on the news reports in this fictional town, you can have a body just a clum- bunch of ambulance drivers clumsily transporting a body into an ambulance <laughs> and have a bloody arm just fall out like, oh, <laughs> and evidently that's fine. You can show that in the news. No problem. No trauma there. Parents won't mind. It's fine. Show also, the body. I, I didn't realize that the movies that made us this place place in Ohio and that will come up later. Yeah. This place, yeah, place yeah. in Ohio. Makes sense. There's nothing good in Ohio. <laughs> There's palm trees in Ohio. Damn it, you yeah. stole my joke. Oh, <laughs> There's one scene in this movie later on where she's on a bridge and there's a palm tree. And I'm like, wait a second, this ain't Ohio. Like, look, man, I was talking it's to Tim. I'm like, oh, this must take place in some southern state. Nope, <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> that part wasn't exactly. a dream. Though. How do you know though? That's what I like about this movie. Yes. Okay. How do you know what is and isn't a dream here? That's why it works. That's why it works yeah. so well because you you really. Again, you spend a lot of time, if you've never seen this before, really guessing, like, all right, when is the dream going to happen? Because, again, we're coming up on my favorite scene, which is the school. School slang, I think, is so good and fun and emblematic of what this movie does well. Yeah, I, you're right, Ken. It's like you never quite know, which is really very fun. Keeps you on edge. Because it's right after this when you have her the next day when she's going to school and you have Rod get arrested. Or also, like, the way that Rod grabs her, like, he puts his hand across her face and grabs her and pulls her into the trees like i'm innocent i'm innocent nothing says innocent like grabbing a girl and you know pulling her down <laughs> yes. yeah. nothing says innocence like hiding in the bushes and snatching a girl off the street nothing yeah, not yeah. perfectly fine sure like you think he at least would have tried something like hey don't scream like it's you know like don't just grab her out of the you know <laughs> i mean that's gonna make her scream more i think one would think uh, but no, you are right. The, the school part when she's at school and she does fall asleep, like after listening to the, the kids just being boring, talking about their presentations. I mean, that makes sense. I've fallen asleep in school like that. This is a killer scene. You know, that too. But I mean, like just like her seeing Tina's dead body in the body bag, like looking at her and getting pulled away. I'm just like, man, this is good. And like, doesn't it one part of your brain go, hmm, I think I'm sleeping. <laughs> but I guess when you're dreaming, you don't really think you're dreaming. So you think that people's bodies just walk around and it was just walking around in the body. Being but when you're in a dream, you don't realize you're in a dream. Yeah. And in real life, people's bodies walk around all the time. Yeah. It's <laughs> like called walking. Trapped, um, in a body bag. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's so creepy and it's so well done though. Like, really? I was just impressed with the scene. Like you are right though. This is a great scene. Everything with it is just, you know, I, you guys have, have rubbed off on me because I appreciated it for what it was more than I normally would have. Good. I really did. Like, I was like, this is cool. I like this is fucking creepy, but it's not scary. Creepy. It's not. But it's and the fact that she's like just following the body and runs into the random girl wearing the Freddy sweater. Love that. So that good. was great. Too. The fingers, the hall monitor. 
Where's your hall pass? Screw your hall pass. <laughs> I, I, what I love about this whole thing is that, again, it's just seamlessly just blends from the real world to the dream world. And like a dream, she's delving deeper and deeper into her subconscious. And it's getting scary and scary. We're back to the boiler room. We're going down the stairs in the creepy janitor closet. I think this, this is good for me, too, because I spent uh, about six months in college uh, working at as a janitor in an elementary school. I was a or custodian, I should say, the custodial art. And I, so I've been in schools where it's completely empty and they are creepy school, yeah, are. empty school hallways that are they're designed to be filled with people. And there's nothing in there, but your own footsteps bouncing off the walls is re- there is something solemnly creepy about that whole vibe. So I really love this. It's all bright light. It's all, you know, you, I love that shot of Tina's body just getting dragged silently away, leaving that smear of blood. It is very, very effective. And again, as she descends into the bowels of this dream school, that's not really real, but it's rooted in real and it's getting less and less real as it goes down. It's just this, it's this flowing river of pacing and and artistry it is so good this is my it's my favorite kind of sequence in this in the movie personally ah it's wonderful and we've managed to get this far without talking really about the director Mm -hmm. uh wes (laughs) craven who we all know by now is one of the greats of horror movies up there with you know john carpenter like he is one of the best horror filmmakers he's brought so many franchises to existence in the world and you know this is really where he got like the big time notice right because before this he did um what was it last was it last house on the left is that right uh last the hills have eyes swamp hills of eyes that's it yeah hills of eyes that's what (laughs) yep swamp thing with his then wife adrian barbeau oh okay i've never seen swamp thing it was fun uh, Return the Swamp thing is better. That's it. Last House on the Left and in the Hills Have Eyes. Last House on the Left is one I don't think I'll ever watch. I've never seen it. I don't think I need to. I know enough no, about you it. No, you don't. It's no. rough. Even the, even Extreme. like, I've, I've seen the original and I've seen the remake, both of which are very good. But man, it's kind of, it's rough. I don't it's know rough, if I, buddy. don't know if I've I have the stomach for it. Really? Yeah. I've seen parts of it at That's least. Surprising. Me too. I actually rented it from the library. Uh, that part surprised me too. Why? Because I was trying to go back and watch old horror movies. I don't think I got very far, though. No, this is... I was like... Kidding. Yeah, this is like 16-year-old Mike that was trying to be brave. Oh, I see. That was the wrong movie to be brave. Yeah, I don't think I watched much of it. I think it turned me off and I just moved on. But That's fair. It wasn't my kind of horror. It's too close to reality from what I remember. But I've seen parts of it. It is. I like my I like my mo- I like monsters and things that aren't... I'm not, you know, aren't like not Freddy, real people. who's not really going to jump out of your dreams and kill you no <laughs> hey but you can beat freddy in your dreams <laughs> this is yeah, i think that's the reason i like freddy because he's a he's a he's a monster that you can defeat oh uh, uh, more than other ones like <laughs> we're not there yet i don't want to talk about it was, right now you, but you're making me <laughs> we're gonna get there and you upset keith i, I did <laughs> Mm. But to, to go back, like, you know, you are right. Like, she's descending into the boiler room, everything. It does, it just builds that tension. And then when she finally just burned herself by accident and then wakes up in the real world screaming and she has the burn on her arm, which kind of helps, you know, it helps her and the viewer be like, okay, th- what happens here matters. I Very love smart. that. Very smart filmmaking. It's all visual. It's, yeah, it's 
excellent and filmmaking. She, and when she leaves the school and she, and they're like, don't forget your hall pass. <laughs> That's good. And I mean, she doesn't yell "fuck you" or anything. It would have been funny, but she just—it was just funny to have that after having it in the dream to have you know you need all fans. Uh, and then it is until she leaves school and she notices the burn. But and then this is when she visits Rod in jail and Rod starts talking about like, "Oh man, I didn't kill her. I just got scared and ran." <laughs> <sighs> it yeah. happens. We've all done it. <laughs> I still think he would have been safer had he just not touched the body and not any blood on it and then opened the door and be like, hey, I, I didn't do it. Look, I'm we, clean. We've already, I time. we've already established this is not CSI Ohio, okay? <laughs> They're not they, – they, this is the very one plus one equals two kind of society. They, they see the greaser kid. He's covered in blood. He's guilty. There is no forensic studying. There's no fingerprinting. It's <laughs> quickest path to a amenable result for everybody. That's that's kind of the, the goal here. And then this comes to the one of the famous scenes of this movie when Nancy's taking a bath mm-hmm. and she. <sighs> so, Bill, I thought of you during this scene. Why? Why oh, did you think of me? Be because of fear oh, of drowning. God. You oh. hate drowning. I know, not not, and, and there's a part where after, like, when she starts to kind of fall asleep, she's drowning. And I thought of you because that would be your nightmare. Yeah, that would be my nightmare. Yes. <laughs> no, not because any any anything wrong. I know that that was the idea why I said it that way. But no, whenever I see yeah, anything I'm, drowning, I think of you because I know you <laughs> you hate that. So I'm like, I don't like drownings. You're right. I I, don't I did actually I did actually say when that, when she's when she's falling asleep in the tub. My first thought was, and I wrote it down so it was proof was, don't fall asleep in the tub. You don't fall asleep in the tub. And then her mom says the exact same thing. Honey, don't fall asleep in the tub. That's how people drown. And I'm like, yes, mom. Thank you. Hey, good. <laughs> thank you, movie, for Isn't confirming how- my fears. Whitney Houston died, I think. No idea. Someone did die like famous like that. Well, yeah, there were drugs involved too, but they did fall asleep in the bathtub. I think the drugs helped that process. But yeah, I remember hearing, I remember reading about there or something like that. But yeah, no, it's just that that whole part of her just like fall. I, man, if you're that tired, don't get, don't go taking a bath. Like, no, water bad. That's <laughs> yeah, not not that's not great. Yeah, but that scene where you see her struggling in the water when he's trying to kill her in her night in her dream, like that's powerful. I mean, the 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 claw between the legs is just humorous now. But and like just kind of like, eh, OK, I see what you guys are going for here. But like, again, that just that that drowning scene, like when you just see her struggling in the water, just really got me. I'm like, this is that was the more darker part of it than just the, the random claw pops out of the water. And like the nice thing about the claw popping out of the water is obviously now it's been like pop cultured to death. Oh, yeah. But like this was close enough to Jaws where that was an immediate mm. connection for people. Oh. I think about that. Yeah, because we're so far removed from Jaws. Yeah. Interesting. That's a very good point. I mean, I can try to put myself in the position of somebody seeing this again in 1984 and how harrowing it is. And what Wes Craven's doing is he's taking these everyday things like luxurious taking a bath. That's a relaxing thing people do and making it terrifying. Where people probably didn't want to take baths anymore because Freddy Krueger's <laughs> hand might come out of the drain, you know. But but again, it's this contextualization of real safe thing, you know, school safe. Used to be safe, school safe and bathtub <laughs> safe. But but using that as a horror device is so smart and good because it's extremely relatable. And that's interesting. Your point about Jaws, I didn't I didn't make that connection. That's definitely I didn't either. But that's because you haven't seen the movie. But I know of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Jaws. I don't know why. To be honest with you, like I got. I nothing. hate you. I don't like water that much. I don't like open water. So it will not. Says the man who wanted to go see the ocean. Today. I wanted to see the ocean from the <laughs> beach. I wasn't going into the ocean to swim. Like there's a difference. <laughs> there are too many things in that ocean that can kill me. 
what are you saying on the on the land? But and this is when you first see Nancy start taking the stay awake pills, which literally say on the bottle, stay awake and stuff. I know, really. That made me laugh. Hey audience, that's what these things are for. Just so you know, just in case. <sighs> hey, you got you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Good old trucker meth. You got it. <laughs> I was gonna say good old pep pills. I remember I remember going to like the, the Jersey Turnpike and going to the bathroom and seeing like one of those dispenser units, condoms and pep pills for the truckers that are doing overnights, half asleep, half awake behind the wheels of eight behind the wheel of an eighteen wheeler. Oh pep pills. Yes, legal meth essentially. Legal speed. Here you are. <laughs> yeah. oh, hey to be fair it hey germany found out it works i remember like that's how they did all the i didn't know this a way later how they did all the blitzkriegs have some meth here it's not meth no no have this pill you'll feel better <laughs> you can fight for days now <laughs> i mean that's what happened so uh and then i think yeah this is when she's trying to stay awake and she's watching tv and you first have glenn who then pops in through her window and when you find out he lives across the street glenn is an idiot by the way in this movie. No, but he's so <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, Glenn is just a dumb kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Glenn. I, he's, but he's very, and Johnny Depp before he went insane. Very charming. He's very yeah. charming. It's a very good role for him. He's just a dumb, dumb kid. And he doesn't understand. He does. He's half believing half. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Nance, I'll, I'll stay away for you. <laughs> It's, it's fine. It's I, I kind of like Glenn because he's just so he seems like he has a pretty good heart, but he's just a just a dope. But all kids are dopes at that age. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So that scene where he falls asleep. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but um, did you catch the radio station he was listening to? No, N- no. <laughs> uh, I wrote it down in my notes here. As he's falling asleep, he's watching the television that he has on his bed. I remember those old TVs. They were great. (laughs) (laughs) And he's uh, listening to the radio. But the radio station that he's listening to, I am really trying to draw this out, obviously, is (laughs) KRGR. Kruger. Oh, very good. KRGR. But... This takes place in Ohio. Every radio station east of the Mississippi huh? starts with a W. Does everything west of the Mississippi is a K. Yes. Yeah. Is, I was just going to so. say, how close is Ohio to the Mississippi? I was my first thought when you said that. Because this is not, I was exactly, yeah. Yep. That's. Uh, There's that a is. whole two states in between a baby Indiana and IA, uh, Illinois. I, Illinois. Okay. See, Ugh. there you go. So it really should be a W. Yeah. Very interesting. Huh. <laughs> That's cool. That's very funny. But I like the joke. It's a good joke. Yeah, that's that's good. I did not notice that. It's a it's a fun thing. So this part I was very confused. After she tells Glenn her plan, how you want to stay awake and that like to wake her up if anything's wrong, and you start just seeing her walking. I thought that she was awake, but I don't. But she's actually sleeping at this point. Mm -hmm. This part really confused me because you see her leave the house, you see her walk to the precinct, you see Freddie at the precinct, and then all of a sudden. Like, even on the way there, she's like, uh, Glenn, you still here? He's like, yeah, he's, and he pops out of the trees. And I was just very, very confused what was happening. It's, I think I struck, it struck me as him just kind of placating his girlfriend. Like, yeah, I'm here. But also kind of but being a little freaked out as well. She's kind of hedging his bet a little bit. But he's not asleep at this part. Well, that's the confusing part, right? Because when she goes to the door, she can see Freddie coming, you know, morphing through the, the jail. Yeah, and then she gets chased by Freddy, but Freddy can't attack you in 
real life. So she's at that point now she's asleep because she can see Freddy. So that's and that, <laughs> and then and I think that's that real interesting mix. And again, it's it's cool because you're not quite sure what's going on. And I think that sense of unease just makes it a lot of fun. But I think that's what it was going for at that point. Once you see Freddie, you're asleep. So she's now asleep, and old Glenn should be should have been tapping her awake when she's writhing around in agony. He's all yeah, cut she, she gets chased. She runs to her room, and then he attacks her on the bed. And then the alarm clock wakes her up. I have in my notes. Right. And this is when I think she grabs the hat. Right. Is that, that when she grabs the hat? No, the that's the sleep. Test. That's the sleep test. The sleep test is when she grabs a hat that you okay. don't see, which, again, is a very smart choice to have one scene of us just seeing what she undergoes when she's in the dream without seeing the dream itself. Yes. That's such a smart decision because it connects me now more to the character of Nancy. I'm actually seeing this girl in peril, what her body is doing, what she's experiencing. The graphs are going uh, just again, like you said, Ken, he is Wes Craven, a master. That's a that's something a master does. That's a masterful stroke. At this point in the movie, we've seen some killings. We've seen some bloodshed. Hooray. <laughs> now let's go and actually see what this person goes through in the waking world while she's in these situations. It's so freaking good. I just so good. Right. Because like if you just have the kids saying, oh, there's something wrong with my dreams, you're going to get the adults going Okay, buddy. Sure thing. Right. But by having her in that sleep test, it proves that, hey, this isn't right. Something's very, very wrong. Listen to your kids when they tell you something's up. Mm -hmm. Yes. And all the adults in this movie. And again, I love the fact that I forgot this. So this was a surprise to me when I saw it last night. I forgot that all the adults, no one ever gives her the full brush off. Because she's describing things that actually happened. Fred Krueger, which actually Robert England is credited as Fred Krueger in the credits, <laughs> not Freddy Krueger. I just I thought that was very formal. Fred Krueger. No, and he's mentioned as Freddy the whole time. I really like that the adults are hearing this story. And of course, they don't believe they don't think she's being murdered in her dreams. But the story sounds so familiar. So the adults are always kind of giving her these like, huh, looks as opposed to Psh, whatever looks. So I very smartly done. Of course, you then learn why, because this is actually this story has played out before in the real world with this real Fred Krueger who did all these murders. But I really like that touch. Nobody goes, come on, crazy. (laughs) They all kind of hear it because they hear bits and pieces of something that really did happen 20 something years ago. Very, very smart. Very good. Yeah, you always get this energy from the adults like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I didn't really think about that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like they don't just, you know, they don't just throw her off because, I mean, she doesn't actually describe him to her parents until the funeral after Rod dies. Right. And that's when they start to go. And then, yeah, I mean, the part that got me was when she's at the clinic and she and she does grab the hat and they're like, where'd you get this? Like, did you literally just put a blanket on this girl? She didn't have the hat. Now she has the hat. And you're like. She wants to just snuck it in here. Like mm-hmm. okay. it's it's adults trying to explain the unexplainable. Yes. And that's what I think is very cool about it. It's in the absence of sense, they're they're trying to make sense of something that makes no sense. And again, as adults, we're trying we're constantly trying to make sense of this world. I'm constantly trying to make sense of this world. I spend time on Twitter. Of course I am. <laughs> All times I'm trying to make sense of this crazy world. So that and that again, I love that. It's just it's almost the excuses that the adults are making. We must have snuck this in. Clearly, I didn't. I grabbed this from the dream world, but that can't possibly be the real answer because we're adults that live in the real world. Also, how do you have a a hat from a guy that you lit on fire? It's an illusion. (laughs) 
<laughs> again, all this stuff really, again, it's this melding of real world and dream world is very, very smart and good. And it, excuse me, all these reactions feel very real to me. Like, yeah, the adults are think about what is the reason. So, Ken, would you say that while she was in the dream, her mother was having delirium about the hat? <sighs> You're just going to keep linking it, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> just do another Sandman episode. Get it out of your system. <laughs> we will be soon, actually. <laughs> That's all I can think of now. <laughs> Watching this movie. And this is the part that when I thought the movie was in California, this is when you have Nancy talking with Glenn on the bridge where you have palm trees in Ohio. <laughs> and he tells her, I like that, you know, this pays off. He tells her the story about people who fought monsters in their dreams. And they would tell the, you know, tell the monster you have no power and that's, and they turn their back to it. And, he's, and she's like, what happened to people that didn't? Well, they didn't wake up and tell their story, huh? <laughs> Basically. And I'm so glad that somebody knew that random bit of information. Otherwise, this movie would have been bad. Yeah. Real. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I mean, I think this movie still would have worked had she not survived. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have a final girl. Right. Yeah, but. And by I this mean, point, it was a, already a thing. Oh, because Halloween is at this already at this point. Yeah. Halloween. So I've seen once, I think. I'm about to change that later this year. But yes. Really? I've have seen it once, seen actually. Halloween? Yeah, with you. When? Sometime we watched it. I my only parts of it, but I remember Which seeing. Which Tiffany are you talking about? This Tiffany has no recollection. Oh, well, you were there. Maybe you were paying attention, but you were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also by this time we have had three Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh, and those have women that survive, don't they? Then yeah, those all have final girls as well. Okay, so mm-hmm. like, I like it, it more this time. <laughs> it's probable. Maybe it it just depends on the depth. I think too. Maybe I, I feel like because these deaths are so like, I mean, Raj is not cartoony. He gets hung, but it's not gruesome. It's dark, though. And yeah. it is the yeah. fastest hanging in my I've ever seen. I also think right. I was th- that they should <laughs> again, more CSI. I was thinking like when he gets hung, like his neck is broken. Like if the guy would have hung himself, his neck would have been broken. He doesn't have a way. He doesn't not enough room to climb up the bar and drop. It wouldn't have been far enough to break your neck. Yeah. Like. You just you would just suffocate to death would work, not what he what happened to him. And that happened in less than ten seconds. So I call bullshit Ross just unconscious. neck, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be dead, right? Well, yeah, but like you said, there's no way your neck would really break from that height. You need, you need no, weight. but if there's something supernatural pointing it, then well, yeah, I'm like, but you think that would have questioned them? Like I'm trying to be realistic. What here. I'm trying to say is they should have been like something isn't right here. Yeah, yeah. No. So, they didn't want to remember that they murdered someone who is now murdering their children. And that's yeah. something that, you know, nobody talks about a lot in this movie is the parents' guilt. And that's probably why they're so adamant on not admitting that this is happening. Yeah. Because they know deep down inside, it's their fault. Yeah, they killed a man. I mean, he had it coming, but they still killed a man. Took the law into their own hands. They vigilanted. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. And I think they probably just looked at him like, well, that's less paperwork for us. Case closed. <laughs> Yay. All full circle. Back That's to happened. the bar, gents. Yeah. <sighs> and this is then when Nancy comes home from all this and then she sees the bars in the windows. I was also thinking to myself, how the fuck do they get those bars in the windows that fast? Right. Like her mother got all the bars all like, like I'm like, that is fast. Also not safe, but fast. Mm-hmm. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> this was the eighties. We weren't concerned about things like fire safety. <laughs> Didn't we have Smokey the Bear, though, in the 80s? Yeah, but that was for forests, Mike. Okay. You burn your house. Hey, the forest is okay. You won't be, but the forest is okay. That's suburbia, Mike. These things don't happen there. 
Okay, the first forest fires, not house fires. House fires are worrying me a little more than forest fires. <laughs> I'm a little nervous if I'm locked into a cage with it that's, that's heating up rapidly. Well, You're thinking of Joey the Pyromaniac. That's the one you had to worry about for house fires. Huh? I do not know what you're talking about. You shouldn't. I just made it up. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, there was dumb things like dare, so hey. We dare you to do drugs. That's what it was. Not don't do drugs. We dare you to do drugs. Here, tell you all about these drugs and what they do. Ooh, they do, huh? I was a dare kid. And it worked for a couple days. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I had a dare shirt. I have done drugs since. You know, I have wore that dare dare shirt. I mean, not as many years ago. I've done drugs later when they became legal. But so it didn't work. You still will not do drugs. I would do legal drugs. I will do. I will eat edibles because it's legal, and I will get okay, drunk. Let's clarify this. I can barely get him to take his doctor's prescriptions. Yeah, that when too. he says legal drugs, <laughs> uh, and this is when the mother finally explains how they killed Freddie and how they burned him alive because the police he got off of a somewhat clerical error. But I was thinking, she pulls the claw out of the freaking st- oven in the basement. I'm like, how did you get this claw off his body? And like, what, you guys burned him alive, went in there and went for souvenirs? Like, what the hell? I kept the trophy for you. <laughs> you know, like, one, you. one day I figured I'd pass on my legacy. Like, this is not trauma I'm handing you. Girl, I mean, who hasn't slept in five days. Also, that you're this is an evidence murder weapon of someone you murdered. Like, you might not want to keep that around. Like, how'd you get this? I don't know. Hmm. I feel like it's the worst kept secret in the neighborhood, though. Yeah, Everybody really knows <laughs> that they all killed Freddie and nobody yep. said a dick about it. Nope. Yes. <laughs> Didn't happen here on our lovely little bird. Oh, <sighs> he just disappeared. Oh, that's weird. He just died in a fire somehow. How the building get on fire? What's all this gasoline that was poured that we found later? It's all there. Not. I got nothing. nothing. Less paperwork for me. (laughs) Full circle. Back to the bar, everybody. (laughs) Because, I mean, that should be a question you should definitely be having. Like, why is there an accelerant all over this building? Hmm. (laughs) It was the 80s. We didn't. Backdraft hadn't come out yet. So nobody was looking for accelerants. Very true. Uh, this part, I, 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 this is again where the movie kind of confuses you what's what's real and what's not. And I think the rest of the movie, pretty much from this point on, you don't really know if she's dreaming or what's real. Because this is when she calls Glenn on the phone, but Glenn falls asleep while he's watching TV and listening to music at the same time. Yeah. You know, I can kind of relate to that as a guy who edits podcasts and watches TV at the same time. Like, I get it. I get it. No idea how you do this still, but that's. <laughs> Uh, and I, I do like how Glenn, like Glenn's parents, are just standing outside judging, judging Nancy. <laughs> I know that was so weird. Like he's just looking up at this girl's bedroom, just glaring at her. Honey, you shouldn't stare. Like, it's honey, how did you go weird. inside? You, you creep. What are you doing? <laughs> you, you monster. Please. Oh, uh, and then the the very eighty thing happens next when she calls the phone and they answer and they get mad at her and they um, they take the phone and put it off the hook. I I'm love like, that so good. Oh, that, that wouldn't work in today's world. I do no, miss those not. days. Sure do. That was great. I love that. Here, I'll fix the solution. Yeah, so very good. Love that. Uh, <laughs> it was just funny to me. Up like uh, you know, it's just something that's lost in time right now. Yep, it's great. We don't have that, but. So I wonder, like, someone who watched this movie who was, like, born in, like, the 2000s being like, what the fuck? Why did they just set the phone down? It doesn't work that way. <laughs> in the 80s. Uh, and I then still have Lance. I think, no, this is when Glenn falls asleep and then she gets the phone call after she rips the phone out of the wall. Yeah. And that's when and Freddie's like, I'm your boyfriend now. 
But is this where the tongue comes out of the? Yeah, for some reason the tongue comes out of the receiver. <laughs> it's a dream. That prop. Uh, why? <laughs> I don't know. Why. <laughs> why? He goes why? I don't know. Just because. I got nothing. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do like when she rips the phone out and it still rings, and then she goes and answers it. Like, maybe you shouldn't answer the phone that's ringing that you just broke. Yeah. Not like today's world where they're like, yeah, of course you answer the phone. It doesn't, you unplugged it. It's fine. Like, not not in this world. Yeah. If you've ripped a phone out of the wall and it starts ringing, you walk away. Yep. Just yep. walk you, away. Just turn, turn tail. Just turn tail. Say, that was fun. And walk away. <laughs> You guys are watching the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then this is when Glenn finally dies. Like we were when me and Tiff were watching this, we watched this in two different nights. She was like, Oh, get to the point where Glenn dies because she thought it was much earlier in this movie. And it's it's like over an it's near the end when he finally dies. I told you I confused him with Kevin Bacon, I guess. Oh yeah. He said it earlier in the episode. <laughs> I forgot. But no, I mean like the way he just gets pulled in this also doesn't bother me when he gets just pulled into the bed and then shoots a geyser just of blood. blood doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Doesn't bother me one bit. I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. This mom's just like, ah! You shouldn't have told him to go to sleep, you idiot. <laughs> should have woke his ass up. Like, get up. Mind your damn business, mom. <laughs> I think that kid would have fell asleep no matter what, though. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why you don't see Glenn attacked by Freddy in, like, the dream world, but I guess they only were showing the women attack. Because you don't see Rod attacked either. Not no. In the dream world. No. No, you don't. I'm assuming you see guys attacked in the later movies, but I can't well, remember. We we did cover this earlier. Dreaming is for homosexuals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that is, two, yeah. That is very clearly, you know, an 80s sentiment. That's why the guys don't fight Freddy in the dreams. They just get murdered. <sighs> it's so weird. It's very odd. It, it's the 80s. <laughs> it was a bad time, y'all. Yeah. No, it, I, I watched enough documentaries and done it enough. Yeah, like, it, it weren't good things. I mean, people act about the 80s. The 80s are great for certain people called rich people. <laughs> yeah. So, if you were rich, the 80s were great. But other people, not so much. And this is when Heather's dad shows up at Glenn's house. And I th- oh, wait, this is when Nancy tells her dad her whole idea, like, hey, you know, be here, break down my door in 20 minutes. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it, I like that he, fi- at the end of it, he finally, you know, he tells the cop, he's like, go outside, watch my house. Just in case, like watch my daughter. Like I like that he sort of believes her. He's just trying to make sense of a senseless situation. Like his, yeah. and at the end of his day, his little girl said, "Daddy, could you please like break down a door in twenty minutes?" And as a father, you're going to be like, you you want to take care of your child, but you're also again a sensible person, and you're not thinking that a severely burnt monster is stalking my daughter in her dreams. Like that's not a thing re- human beings think of. So he's just trying to. I, I, again, if I'm thinking from my perspective, like with my daughter said the same thing, I'd probably be concerned for her mental health and her well-being and maybe just to help her go to sleep. Like, all right, fine. I'll knock down the door. What do I care? Uh, but I can definitely see that. Again, that's not an unfounded thing. Like people aren't idiots in this. It's a very reasonable thing to not think that a monster is stalking someone in their dreams and to think <laughs> that her his daughter is something. Something's wrong. Like she's having an issue or she's again, mental health was not really a thing. And. CSI less Ohio at that time, but you know, people, you know, you would think like, all right, something's up, like what's going on here. Uh, so I, that kind of push and pull of like, Hey, do me a favor and keep an eye on the, keep an eye on the house, make sure nobody gets in there. That I think makes sense. You know, it's not, he's not, I don't think he's being like bad dad for not taking the leap of belief that required him to really protect his daughter. No, I, it didn't bother me. It felt realistic enough. 
But again, I don't think this is real. I think she's still dreaming at this point, too, because you just don't know at this point in the movie what's yeah. really happening. You think it's a real life, but I don't think it is at the same time. Yeah, I think it's a little wonky. Yeah, this is when she's thinks she's in Home Alone, starts setting up the traps. That's really good. That's, <laughs> I oh, like my that. God. Like, okay, the fact that you could go to the library and check out a book on improvised incendiary devices <laughs> is 100% true. Like, this was a thing. In the 80s. Yeah. Like, really? People just had books about, you know, all sorts of fun shit. There was, the 80s were the time of the anarchist cookbook. Mm, that's right. Sure, <laughs> you're right. Everybody knew how to make improvised explosives, homemade napalm. Like, mm-hmm. we all knew that. Molotov cocktails. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was just, it was a thing. <laughs> it was a thing that 80s kids knew. You're right. Huh. Yeah, that that makes more sense than it did before. Okay. Yeah, stuff is less hidden. I mean, I can believe that, though. Like, it's not like today where, I mean, we as we proved on this podcast, you Google certain things and you don't get your response. You get different responses. Like, when you Googled how far to fall to your death when we watch Midsummer, and they're like, you need help, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you went to the yeah. library and didn't tell them what book you were looking for and just pulled it off the shelf, they didn't ask you, well, excuse me, what are you doing? Right. That was how you found things. You just wandered the shelves until you yeah. saw something interesting. I remember doing that in the 90s, not the 80s, because I wasn't alive. Really. Well, so, you didn't have any books on improvised explosions, I'm sure. No. I had books about, I used to check out books about frogs. I liked not them. quite explosives, but okay. Yeah. I liked animals a lot as a kid. Still do. So I just remember that because I had an overdue library book once for a long time for a frog book that I lost in my house. But that's neither here nor there. That's what you reminded me of. And this is when you see Nancy go to sleep again. But is she really asleep or is she asleep the whole time? We don't know. And but I do like how she starts hunting for Freddy this time. when she's looking for him in the dream because she wants to bring him out of the dream. And I think this is a really good scene. And I, I just like how powerful it shows her. Like her taking, you know her life into her own hands and try and do something about it. Which is good. It is like other final girls survived, but Nancy went on the offensive and that's, that's cool. This is also my first horror movie that one of the first horror movies I ever saw. And this is also the first movie I ever saw with a final girl. And I think that's one reason why I like that trope in this movie. I think both of those kind of play hand in hand. But when she grabs him and wakes up, and she's like, you know, she wakes up in her bed. She's like, oh, it didn't work. And all of a sudden, he just pops out from the side of the bed. <laughs> that is such a great scene. I love it. Oh, and just her running through the house and setting off the traps, and he gets hit in the stomach with that sledgehammer. I'm like, ooh, that's got to fucking hurt. Yeah. That was not pleasant. I, that really, no. that's that's a, yeah, that's a sound you can feel, you know? <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I was like, ooh. I think she has a few other traps she has set up throughout the house that she does to him. Why her mother's just passed out. Yeah, yeah, gunpowder in the light bulb. This is very clever. I got to say the trip wire that goes to the gunpowder to the, yeah, that was a good one. And again, this is where we now start trailing into the comic-y silly cartoon, you know, Daffy duck and Wally coyote style of uh, movie that this is turning into. Cause yeah. once Freddie's out there shambling around the real world, all of the mystique is gone for me. Now he's just Robert Englund in a burn face running after <laughs> Nancy. There's no real, I, for me personally, like the terror is gone. Now the intrigue is really how is she going to defeat him? And is she going to defeat him? And I, again, this still works and it's still really fun. But for me, as soon as he exits the dream world and enters the real, I feel like for me, you know, getting exploded in the face with the, with the incendiary light bulb and again, like the sledgehammer all got very cartoony, but I'm having a blast and I'm not worried about it. This is all super fun and good. 
but I, for me, at least, that's kind of where tension slows down a bit. Okay. For it didn't. For I think it got more intense for me because now it feels more real in this weird way, where it becomes less more comical, but it became more real. I don't know. I, I can't explain it exactly. I had the opposite effect. I also just really like when she lights him on fire in the basement, when she just happens to have a jar of gasoline, you know, a big bottle of gasoline like you do. You, you do. <laughs> you have that. It happens. It was, I mean, I, I don't know. I still like, she just throws it and then lights him on fire. That is so good. Haven't he been lit on fire enough? Leave the guy alone. <laughs> well, fire is his weakness, I think, right? That's what it was in Freddy vs. Jason, I think. Fire was his weakness and water is Jason's weakness. Well, see, looking at the leaky basement with all the pipes, it's clear that Fred Krueger is a water type. So obviously, fire <laughs> type is going to be his weakness. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Very good. Uh, and then, yeah, her dad finally breaks in. I mean, this is when things get a little loopy for me. Like, again, I mean, the whole part's been loopy. Like, you don't really know what's happened. But when her dad breaks in and then he actually does, you know, and they just see all the evidence of all the fire and then the, and the, 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 the footprints of him going upstairs. That was cool. I like the that. flaming footprints. I didn't really. I, this part I thought was confusing where, you know, he goes up to the bed where the mother is, the lights are on fire, and then, like, she just goes into the bed and disappears, and the bed's normal again. This part really confused me. Like, and I, and I figured she's like, is she dreaming? Is she not dreaming? I mean, this is also when she finally turns her, turns her back to him and says, you have no power over me, Goblin King. <laughs> and he disappears. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Here, Here we, we go. go. Why now, the power let's go. here? Now Ken's mad. So you're going to kill Freddy Krueger, a man with knife fingers, the same way you fucking killed Tinkerbell? <laughs> By not believing in him? Get the fuck out of here. I, I <laughs> but he doesn't really die, though. He would have if it weren't for the right ending that came through. If they weren't, didn't like drive the right reel over to the screening as they showed <laughs> in that movie. Because then they filmed like 85 endings for this. And one of the endings was everything's fine. Drive away. It was all just a dream. Boy, how much of that stunk. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Ken. This is all. <laughs> yeah. The power of belief destroys the the terrifying monster you've been chasing for two, one and a half hours. It's 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 a it's a thing. <laughs> it's stupid. Like it's very stupid. <laughs> I, I like this ending. Ending stupid, but I like it. So wait, wait, you 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 don't you so you don't mind the I don't believe I don't believe in you anymore. I'm robbing your power, Santa Claus. Yeah, you're no I longer do. real. So now you're gonna fade away. Yeah, because he's a nightmare. I, my fear keeps you alive. I like that. Right? I actually do. Okay. Well, like okay, like fear keeping you alive is one thing. Like that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. How do you think all the gods stay alive? Believe. Yeah. Something's got to keep you alive. But one person not believing in you can is enough to just be like, oh, fuck, I'm dead. Well, maybe not dead, but you're kicked out of her dream because you lose the power over her because the power for you to murder the person is for them to be terrified. That's why he never kills them right away. you got to play with his victim. Like, fear. Yeah. And I get you. I'm on board with it. I just, to me, hokey. Doesn't work. Not for me. And he really the does is cynic- more hokey. He really does that. a sin. He really does disintegrate into a little purple pile of fairy dust. Like, he really does. He really does fitter away. (laughs) It's not not as satisfying as like watching his head explode. You know, it's like I no longer believe in you. Oof! (laughs) Like how it ends. Uh, I get what Mike's saying. Yeah. Oh man, if I only thought about that five murders ago. (laughs) Now we know where Dora the Explorer got swiper no swiping from. (laughs) 
Freddy's not real. Freddy not real. Freddy not real. Oh man, fucking. Oh man. <sighs> That's good. Yeah, you know, I get both sides of it. I, I, I. It seemed a little silly to me, but I totally see kind of where uh, Mr. Craven was going with it—that fear thing. But and I get what you're saying, Mike. I think that that makes a lot of sense. But I, it visually, it's kind of silly. And after a movie full of just awesome violence and gore and just non-silliness, to have your have your main bad go up in a poof of purple smoke. It's a bit of a letdown in this in this roller coaster we've been going on. But yeah. the movie does save the strangest for last, I guess. I don't know. How does everyone feel about this ending? I I'm of two minds. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. I don't know why. It's I kind of love it. It's kind of a toss up. It's weird. It, I don't like the Freddy car for some reason. <laughs> I like the car better than the fact that all her friends are alive again. <laughs> yeah. So therefore you think it's all a dream again. That's I think the, the idea was, I think it was, I think initially that was like, Hey, it was all just a dream and all her friends are still alive, which again, that can't be in the ending of this movie. Can't be. Right. It well, can't because, be. Cause she's standing there and her mom's perfectly fine. And she's all, Oh, I'm going to stop dressed, drinking. That's the part that, you know, it's a dream. Dressed and ready for school and she doesn't have a burn or anything on her. And Right. You know, mm-hmm. I had to have been a dream, right? They're all my friends. They're all alive. Let's go to school. And then mom gets pulled through the door and poor mom. But she makes that comment where she says, I'm not going to drink anymore. And that's how you know it's a dream. <laughs> <sighs> so. Ken, what do you yeah. think about this this last bit, Ken? I'm curious what you're taking on it. <sighs> like... Is it hokey? Yeah. But I think if you don't have it, you don't have the ambiguity of the last act of whether or not Nancy's asleep. And I think that's really important. I think uh, the original ending where everything is hunky-dory, A-OK, it was a bad idea. Mm. And um, we have, you know, new line studio boss Bob Shea to thank for this. We do. Because he was the one who was like, uh, no, let's change this ending. Let's leave it open for sequels. And this is the movie that saved Miramax. Like <laughs> this this franchise. I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it saved Miramax. I knew it saved uh, not I Miramax. It. I'm sorry. Yeah, New, New Line. line. Yeah, yeah. yeah, New Line. Yeah. yeah. Like it completely turned around New Line Cinema's fortunes. So it's a good thing that that ending exists. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of great New Line movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, New Line was pulling out, you know, banger after banger. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I I fall on the side of, I, I kind of agree with Ken on this. It's it's important. It's a, it's a this ending is, it kind of had to end this way. Plus, I think it's really a nice visual stinger, you know. Again, it looks, it looks hokey and corny on my TV, you know, in HD and, you know, the dummy being pulled through the window. But again, in the theater, you know, you think everything is fine. You're like looking at it and you're, you're, you know, you're thinking, oh, everything is okay. What's going on? This is weird. And then, you know, mama gets sucked through the glass. What a start that must have caused. Like, and then boom, credits. I, I, I like it as kind of this capstone and leaving it open to interpretation. You never, Freddie's really not gone. He's still there somewhere. Nancy got away with it. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. She's going to eat by the Freddy car. Maybe. And again, yeah, leaving all that ambiguity, I think is really fun and good. And like you said, Ken, it leaves it for sequels, which we end up getting a whole mess of sequels, but uh, I'm, I'm on board with it. I like it. I, I much prefer that than if they had just walked away skate. That would, that would have sucked. That would have been 
No, 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 no. Not that's not fun. And you also have the three girls that are singing the the song too, right? In this part when the car drives away. Yeah, yeah that's cool. That's cool. I like and that. And that's too, which... that's pretty much how you tell what's a dream and what's not. If you see the girls or if it's foggy, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. fog is everywhere in the dreams. Yes, even in the school. Yeah. So like the fact that you have fog and you have the girls, you know, it's a dream. But does that mean that Freddie was alive or is it was any of that real? Was Freddie just playing with Nancy at the end of the movie? Mm, yeah. When he disappeared into his shimmer powder. Because <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you don't see Nancy again until I think the third movie, right? She's not in the second, I don't think. She's not in the third one. Is she in the fourth one? Is she in the third one? I don't, I I don't, don't remember. remember. Somebody help us out. If only I had the ability to click no Wikipedia. Oh, Google guys. I, I can't remember. I'm looking it up right now. But Yeah, like, she I is, watch. Uh, She's in three. Yes, she's yeah. in three. Okay, that's her last appearance. Okay, then I remember it's what happened. A... Oh, because <laughs> oh, she's no, in a new nightmare. In, that's my favorite. Yeah, new nightmare is the best one. New Nightmare is my favorite. I stopped watching them when Freddy became a TV. That's when I turned it off and never went back. Which one is that? Five. Uh, is it five? Yeah, five or six. They get really I think it was five. Yeah, he. I just remember him being a TV and I walked away and I never went back to any of it. Yeah, you should uh, You should watch New Nightmare. Okay. Yeah, that's my favorite. It has to be my favorite. I am definitely up for watching more of these now. God damn it, you guys have really turned me on to horror movies. The cover. The cover. That's what makes me watch them. If I can talk. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I, I'm so oh, upset by God, this. You guys. No. <laughs> Poisoning young Mike's mind. <laughs> no, I've always enjoyed. You I, I, not horror movies. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> oh. I've always enjoyed this movie. No, I'm never going to say I enjoy horror movies. You aren't going to hear that come out of my mouth. Like, I really always enjoy them. No, I enjoy some, but not some of the ones we watched lately. And we got heter- we probably got her- hereditary coming up, and I don't know if I'm going to enjoy that. So I'm excited for that. All right. I think we should go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Bill, why don't you go first? Uh, yeah, this is on the shelf. I, I really enjoy this movie uh, for all the reasons we've stated. It's a classic for a reason. It, it jump-started a lot of kind of the horror tropes we know and love now. And I think it's it's just very successful in creating realistic dream worlds that feel like dreams. And Freddy Krueger is just a fun, villainous monster character. He's just, just the right combination of scary and funny and goofy. And uh, this movie strikes a great balance. And it's a lot of fun. So I just, yeah, this is going on the shelf for sure. And I could definitely trot this out once a year for uh, for a good time. Okay. And Ken, I'm putting it in the box. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know. Watching it this time, I'm just like, man, this movie is slow, but at the same time, too fast. The too acting serious? is not great. That's it's it's not <laughs> okay. like fair for some reason all of the flaws stood out to me this time in a way that they haven't before and it's not like i was watching it in hd i was watching this on my little crt with the built-in vcr so like i was watching this as god intended and <laughs> it's just, maybe that's why you didn't enjoy it you took you back to the took you back to the, 90, the late 90 early late 80s early 90s you're like this this world sucks right now <laughs> like take me back uh, but I, it just didn't do it for me and honestly I can't see myself watching this one anytime soon again you want Freddy, you want Freddy TV is what you're telling me no <laughs> alright I'll go next I'm going to put this on the shelf I enjoyed this movie every time I've seen it and now that I've met 
a few different actors from this movie means even more to me. But I've it, it just it's a fun film where I I'm engrossed, I'm entertained, I'm creeped out, but not creeped out enough where I don't ever want to see it again. And I just really enjoyed this film. So going on the shelf and Tiffany. I kind of went back and forth actually between the stack and the shelf, but I think I will put it on the shelf and it shall stay on the shelf. It has a lot of nostalgia for me. It was one of my, me and my dad's favorite movies. And my dad's been dead for three years, so that's how I got involved with Freddy. It's all his fault. And horror movies. <laughs> I want to see the doggy come apart. <laughs> so, yes. And so, I, it will go on the shelf. I, I still enjoy it. I, I still enjoy the t- most, not, not the entire franchise, most of the franchise. And we will... You also fell asleep trying to watch this movie when I was recording last night, too. <laughs> <sighs> Only you. I was too excited, okay? <laughs> oh, and before we wrap this up, another off-topic thing. Uh, Bill, I was, since I'm in Massachusetts, I went to get gas today, and I pulled up my ga- I pulled up the gas station and said, full service. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I went to get out of my car, and a guy went to help me, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. So Full I got my service. gas pump for me, and I, I did not. I just stood outside the car, and I'm like, I don't want to sit. I don't feel right sitting in the car. It's strange, right? It's very I like odd. It. I'm like, I want to pump my own gas. What do you like? He's like, what do you want? I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you want? It was so sad. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, a cheeseburger, a cheeseburger and a back rub. What else would I be here at the gas station for, sir? I was just tank? like. I was like, you don't need to. I wanted to be, and I was like, I'm from Minnesota. I had to tell him because I'm like, I just don't. I'm like, what are you? I don't understand. I don't this? like this. What is full service. I don't like. And this. then, the, and then the car next to me, the guy just never got out of the car. Just handed him the money and he paid. I'm like, well, that's how you're supposed to do it. You're just supposed to. You're supposed to not leave the car. You don't leave the car. You just sit. In the I car. literally got out of the car and talked. Yeah, no, 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 no. He got out of the car and just stood there, super <laughs> <awkwardly>. <laughs> and <laughs> talked to him. <laughs> I was having a conversation with the guy. So the guy was. a one way conversation. Wasn't talking back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, you're just sitting there watching your car get serviced like a like a like a fancy gentleman. Yes, yes. Make sure you check the oil, please. Twice, just to make sure. He's I didn't probably, like it. He's I, probably like, I don't care where you're from, mister. Get your car and let me fill your I'm tank. like, I was thinking to myself, we're not in New Jersey. This, You don't have to do this in Massachusetts. I'm <laughs> pretty sure it's not up to the, But you pulled up to the full service lane, sir. This is my job, my livelihood. <laughs> I didn't know. It was the only, it was open. The other ones weren't, and I needed gas. You know, he was talking to his friends after work. He's like, dude, this guy from Wisconsin or Minnesota, wherever the fuck he was, this guy came up to the full service, got out of the car, stared at me while I filled his gas tank. Tried to talk Somebody, to me. Tried to talk to me. It's like, look, look, buddy. I took this job because I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> oh, it was just funny. And oh, I even made a comment about the hurricane, too. I'm like, oh, I thought the weather's going to be bad here. The weather's been just fine. Like, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't talking. I had to bring up something. I was like, we're going to bring up the hurricane. Mike. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that. Just that image of Mike standing there. Watching this poor yeah, guy I, full service right, I opened the door, got out of the car, oh. looked, started talking to him, handed him my, you know, and, he, and then, and then I stood right with the, with the door open. I stood there and talked to him. Yeah. After his shift, he definitely went home and told his friends, look, if I disappear, this <laughs> is why. <laughs> yeah. This is what the man looked like. He stood there and stared at me menacingly <laughs> and then asked me distracting questions while I'm manipulating gasoline into his gas tank. Did he check your oil and your tire pressures and all oh, that didn't stuff? Do anything. No, that's what full service is supposed to be. That's probably why I asked you, hey, why did you pull into this lane? Let me check your oil, you know, check your levels, your air pressure. No, just gas, please. 
like I did, I was just yeah I, I did I didn't have a choice because all four of the pumps are all full service because no one wants to pay extra for full service you paid extra for that my friend you paid more money to stand there and have a one way conversation with the gas station attendant <laughs> the price seemed you better paid, than other places so. you paid more for that I hope it was worth it we got a good story it was not it. but <laughs> hey now I got to have the experience that you talked about I don't want it again <laughs> that's the worst. It's it just like, long. why? This isn't the 30s and this isn't the 50s. We don't need to do this. Just, the saddest thing ever. Just give me the gas. Just let me pump my own gas and let me get out of here. Uh, I just never seen the sign say full service. I'm like, oh, that's weird. It doesn't normally say self service so as I pulled into the station. Yeah, now I know. I'll have to get gas one more time before we go home and I'm going to be like watching it's for the. And we ain't going to full service. We're going to find something <laughs> if I can. We're not in New Jersey. Well, Jersey, you're not allowed to leave your car. They will not let you leave. You can't. You don't get out of your car in Jersey. They they yeah, will so they stop you. Looking at me real creepy, like huh? No, no, you wouldn't have gone out. They would have said, "Sir, get back in the car. Get back in the car. What are you doing? Get out. Get back I in." Just they, drove off. <laughs> you just confused. I don't know what's going on. Like, but see, New Jersey, I would have been prepared because I'd be like, "Oh yeah, Bill had told me New Jersey they have to." Okay, <laughs> I'm not in New Jersey. I'm in from Massachusetts. <laughs> From what I understand, not leaving your car in Jersey is usually a good idea anyway, regardless of whether or not you're getting gas. True. It's fair. Yes. You want to be close to your vehicle at all times. <laughs> at least where I grew up. I don't know. Maybe. There's plenty of nice places in New Jersey. It is the Garden State. Somewhere sure there is. I've heard a not, lot of bad things about New Jersey. Not where I grew up. I grew up, you stay in the car. Not get out of <laughs> Not leave the vehicle. They weren't lying about Boston drivers, by the way. The traffic in Boston. <laughs> uh, woo. Mike got honked at for going too slow. He gets honked at for. I get honked at all the time. Like <laughs> all the time. They're like, the light's green. I don't care. A car's in the way. Just go. Go. Uh, I've seen so many people run red lights. Like, like I mean, we're not talking about the light changes while you're driving in it. We're talking about the light went red. Other cars are going. And some guy just comes zooming through the red light anyway. And driving in a big. Driving in a big city like that, again, we're off topic, but that's fine. Driving in a big city like that, especially New York, because I should drive in New York. Not often. My brother drives in New York all the time. That's got it. I won't. And it's, it's the whole rule. The rule is get out of the way. Just get <laughs> out of the way. That's it. The, the, the lights don't matter. The crosswalks don't matter. Don't block the box. Get out of the way. That, that, is, the, that is life. And I drove in Boston last year, and it wasn't that bad. I've, I had a, no problem, really. But yeah, you just go fast. Only you have to drive real, aggressively. You have to drive yeah, aggressively. I ha- and I've been, I learned real quick. Yeah, you just have to be aggressive and cut people off and just be aggressive. Don't don't and be passive. Yeah, you help that. Whatever. I got a New Hampshire license plate, so I think that helps, right? They chose them out from the state. Right? <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, when I got to the airport, it took us half an hour from the time that we got the rental car to get out of the airport area because it was nobody was moving. <sighs> it's been it's been the, the theme this this trip. Cut three lanes. She did cut three lanes in front of cars. Just drove right past. Just drove right from and shoved herself. Everybody's just honking at her. I'm like, (laughs) welcome to Boston. (laughs) My favorite is still when I went to go get clam chowder and the sign said clam chowder and lobster. That's how you know you're getting the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. It was catering. It's (laughs) it's catering to the tourists. Chowder and lobster. Yeah. That's how you know you got the quality. I had to refrain. From, I had. I had. I didn't want to say chowder to the guy. I was like, I'll, I'll take New England ham chowder. I didn't want to say. I'll take New England ham chowder. That's what it's literally. I, I know, so. but I didn't want. To, I know the accent no. when it came out. I don't know if he would have found it funny as I did. No, he would. No, he would not have. He would have <laughs> thrown it at you, and he had every right to do so. Just or, say chowder, like you, like you were predisposed to say. It's, yeah, don't. But it made me laugh that the sign said chowder. Like literally, I mean, that's what got me. Like I get it, but you know, we all. Do, but when you say it, when the sign literally says it, I'm like, okay, this is hilarious. Yeah. I love yeah. Boston. Boston's a great city. It's I fun. It. I, I'm enjoying it. 
So I, I think that's everything. <laughs> that's everything we need to say. And Bill, where can people find you at? Yeah, I, I do. I do a podcast entitled "The Gamer Looks at 40. Uh, it's a nostalgia-filled romp at times through uh, different games and systems and series. It's a collection of stories, people's personal stories and recollections of video games, and uh, kind of tries to get to the heart and soul of video games as opposed to the nuts and bolts. I don't know when this is releasing. It's October at some point. I genuinely don't know what October is going to bring now. 10-3. 10-3. I, I think I'm still be in Earthbound World. I think, if not, I will be uh, airing a conversation with two of the developers, the original EA developers who developed Madden and NHL series. Oh, I'm in the midst of those conversations with these two fine gentlemen. It's a really interesting to hear basically two people who pioneered two of the most influential games in history. The NHL, of course, the NHL franchise is probably NHL 94, top five sports game ever made. And the Madden franchise, of course, is a giant money-sucking monolith. And these two gents were at the forefront of it. So uh, that should be coming out around the time of this. So uh, yeah, a gamer looks at 40 on your favorite pop player. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, there's over 500 other episodes to go listen to of this podcast that we do movies, comics, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. So go check out our giant catalog. You can search everything on Podbean. So if you can't find what you're looking for, you will find it on our Podbean website. I promise, because you can search there. And it has the whole catalog where Spotify, iTunes do not. If you want to support the show, we do it Patreon, as I mentioned earlier. For Little's Dog, you can vote in our Patreon polls. We have one every month. The month when you hear this, I don't know what will be in October. So I can't say, but you'll go look. Go vote. And we have a Discord. If you want to chat with us, you link in the Discord. Please join our Discord. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intern ultra courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You'll see a link in the show notes to all her stuff, her link trees. So let's click on that. She's on TikTok and other places, YouTube, Twitch. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, and on YouTube with audio only. But we are on all those things. So go follow us. I When I'm not traveling in Boston, I post things. <laughs> I have not posted anything on social media while I've been out of town. But I do post, usually. So let's go do all that. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So long.